Baseball isn't just numbers, numbers, numbers. This game is not being played on computers. You don't do that with a bunch of statistical gimmicks. You don't put a team together with a computer. We're talking weighted runs created plus. Expected Woba. Sweet spot rate. Defensive runs above average. Average exit velocity. Barrel rate. XFIP. BABIP. SIERA. We are above replacement radio. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio. We're talking baseball kind of whenever I'm your host, Cristiano, over there. On the other side of the screen is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I'm doing very well today. Uh, it's been a busy yet also not very busy week in baseball. There was kind of one big thing that happened, but it was the big thing that happened. Yes. Yes, indeed. $700 million were spent uh, on one player crazy crazy thing i think what what's funny about all this is you know we we figured this you know we we knew this guy was on the market we knew shohei otani was you know we knew who the favorites were to land shohei otani he went exactly to that team but we're still shocked at the news because of the number that came out not only the number but also just the process that that you know ultimately culminated with him going to the Dodgers. The way that I would ex- describe Shohei Otani's free agency was it was the it was the most predictable outcome in the least predictable way. You know, whether it be the the dollar value because I mean 700 million dollars is just an impossible number to to comprehend. Uh, and not only that, but I mean <laughs> everything that happened beforehand with all the speculation and the and the the rumored other teams that were maybe in and the uh, the craziness that came out of his his secrecy, um, it all was just such a wild thing. But you know, ultimately, we got the most predictable outcome. Uh, right. Yeah. Exactly. It. I think it. It almost makes me feel like uh, someone someone was on payroll to make this a little more interesting than it was. Not saying it was, but it. It, it almost feels like that. <laughs> like you know, he he went to the Dodgers, but you know, throw a little wrench in the mix. He's. We're gonna have three thousand people tracking a random private jet yep. to from Anaheim to Toronto. Uh, we're just we're just gonna have that for a day. It's gonna it's gonna spice up the baseball world. Have everybody talking. MLB trade rumors and and John Morosi are gonna report that he's going to the Blue Jays. Or John Morosi didn't report he's going to the Blue Jays, no. but he reported well, that there he was, was going the to there Toronto. was the one guy from DodgersNation.com or whatever that is a BBWAA writer that reported he was signing with the Blue Jays. Yeah. Yeah, which which caused MLB trade rooms to write that he was reportedly going to the Blue Jays. That is true. I guess anytime you say reportedly, that, yeah, I that mean can... the MLB trade rooms really put the uh like the no fault in there. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed, yes, indeed. Um, so, so yeah, it it did throw a whole wrench in the mix, but ultimately he's with the Dodgers. The Dodgers now have Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and Shohei Otani. Just what are your overall like what 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 are like some of the first takeaways that you take away from the Shohei Otani deal? It's just it's just such an impossible thing to comprehend. You know, when when Shohei Otani first was getting posted uh, in the by the NPB and coming over to America, there was a lot of talk about you know how he was going to perform in America and also you know maybe what that would look like down the road in free agency because. I mean, I think even the best possible hypotheticals that people were imagining were, what if he's an above-average hitter and an above-average pitcher? What does that look like in free agency? And maybe the numbers started with a three, maybe it started with a four, but no one could have predicted. And I mean, people could have predicted, but I don't think anyone 
really like truly saw the outcome of no there's going to be a three-year stretch heading into his free agency where he is a top five hitter and a top five pitcher in the league uh and also even just as a position player having seasons unlike any other just as a pitcher having seasons unlike any other and doing it all at the same time and even in 2021 and 22 through 23 you know, we were talking, oh my gosh, what is this contract going to look like? Is it going to start with a four? Is it going to start with a five? What if it even starts with a six? And then, you know, there was the speculation and of uh, maybe he lost a couple hundred do- million dollars after the injury. Um, and all of us were lowballing him the entire time because he got $700 million, which is just, again, an impossible number to comprehend. This just, it, this is a contract that, will stand, I think, for the majority of the rest of our lifetimes, at the very least, as the most lucrative in baseball history. Yeah, and and I think this is great for baseball. It's great for the players. Um, and I don't think Shohei Otani was necessarily doing this for the players, but ultimately it's it's gonna it's gonna be of service to them because, you know, the fact that a guy is making seventy million dollars a year, you know, I think it's gonna make players you know, have a higher standard for themselves when they go out onto free agency. And also I think the the past couple of years have been good for the players. Like Aaron Judd also got $40 million a year uh, last year. So I think it's just been a successful, successful free agency for the players in general, the past couple of years um, with judge and Otani being both guys who bet on themselves and, you know, got rewarded in the free agent market. And, uh, and yeah, like, this is this is definitely big. I think it also um I think this is like the Dodgers are doing something a little bit good for baseball because it it makes te- it, it might make other teams look bad uh because mm-hmm. they have, you know, a guy who they're paying 700 million dollars, a guy who they're paying 365 million dollars in Mookie Betts and a guy they're paying 162 million dollars in Freddie Freeman and, you know, they're they're going to be they're going to be fine, they're going to be competitive. Um, and you know, they're going to, they're probably going to spend more this off season. So, you know, I think it, it might put a little bit more pressure on other teams to, you know, uh, move the needle come, you know, the next free agency cycles and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, I think this Dodgers number really has a lot of fan bases questioning, you know, are you sure we couldn't do that? Uh, if, if they have all those guys and also putting Shohei Otani on top of it, because this is a contract that's going to pay itself off. like probably within the first half of it, I would even go as far as to say, because Shohei Otani is a global brand. He's a guy with more reach than anyone we've ever seen throughout the sport of baseball. He has uh, all of Japan behind him, and he has all of, really, the entire world behind him because, I mean, he's the most popular baseball player probably in America. He's absolutely the most popular baseball player in Japan, and he's probably up there everywhere else in the world, even in many of the Latin American countries. So... It's a guy, again, that we've never has seen have this much of a global impact uh, in terms of just entire fan base. You know, he's going to, I mean, he's going to get a lot of partnerships in L.A., whether it be, you know, he's, there's something related to Japan, something related to L.A. He's going to bring in a lot of sponsors. He's going to increase ticket prices. He's going to increase jersey sales. Uh, and he's going to pay that contract off himself. Uh, especially in a big market like LA. And going back to your point, Chris, about how this is going to help other players, this is setting a benchmark for everybody. 
right? If you're Juan Soto and you're hitting free agency next year as a 26-year-old and you see yourself putting the same up, you know, putting up the same offensive value as Shohei Otani, that sets the benchmark at $35 million a year at least because theoretically you're doing half of Shohei's workload. Theoretically, you get half of that in average annual value. And again, on the other side of the spectrum, right, if you're a pitcher, if you're Corbin Burns, for example, going into free agency next year, and you put yourself up with Shohei Otani as a pitcher, you do, you're doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, it just, yeah, it, it puts, it just makes another, it makes another standard because of how big that gap is between, you know, Otani's contract and Mike Trout's contract, which was formerly the biggest in baseball uh, history, which, you know, the difference between those two contracts is almost $300 million. So eventually at some point, I don't know when that gap is probably going to be eventually closed. And, you know, because like thinking back to the early two thousands, when Alex Rodriguez got, I think it was like a $275 million contract or a $250 million contract. It was one of the two, like that was by, by and large the biggest and eventually other teams caught up and, and started signing their guys to $200 million deals. And then eventually 300 and, and 400. And, and now, eventually 20 years later we have a 700 million dollar contract but you know obviously otani's one of kind um seven you know another guy won't be signed for 700 million dollars until the american dollar is way way less valuable you know inflation is gonna have to play a factor yeah the the equivalent of yeah eventually like the, the the equivalent of like uh i don't know like kyle seager is gonna be making 700 million dollars but that's yeah. not gonna be for a very long time Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Um, but nonetheless, uh, it, it, it is it is great for everybody involved, um, great for the players. And I'm hoping that, you know, fan bases will look at sort of their owners and be like, OK, you know, why why is why is it that only like three teams can compete for this guy? Because, you know, I let's let's let's, you know, level the playing field and not by the players. Not not on sacrifice of the players, but on sacrifice of the owners. I was gonna say, you know, you know, Dick Monfort called up Rod Manfred, whining to him on the phone on on yes. Saturday. Yes, like you know that that happened. Yeah, exactly. You you know, there's gonna be there's there's gonna be um there's probably gonna be teams like within the division, uh, or maybe not even within the division, but it's like, hey, we, you know, we're we're not the Dodgers. We, you know, we build from the ground up or like blah, blah, blah. Some, something like that, you know, some, some stupid quote like that. Yeah. I mean, at this point, you know, like the Dodgers have this legacy of, of not getting it done when it matters and always losing in the postseason. You can't even like really put it on the front office at this point because they're doing literally everything they can, you know, of course, you know, yeah, why didn't, uh, why didn't Andrew Friedman account for Mookie Betts going for, you know, oh and twenty-one in the over oh, twenty-one of the players one for nineteen? Like, you know, at this point, the Dodgers front office is doing literally everything they can to to produce a winner. And like you gotta you gotta admire it. Whether it's you know, whether it's unfair or not for the game, like you gotta appreciate like a team that is like, yeah, money's not real. We want a World Series, doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's a it's a team that's consistently at the bare minimum, like a top 10 farm system also, yep. while, you know, spending 250 million plus on their team and making 
pretty smart investments. Like we mentioned the two, the three biggest contracts they have, they're all, uh, they're all great. <laughs> they're mm-hmm. all some of the, they're all arguably the best at their position, respective positions, wherever you put, you know, Otani in that mix is because he plays multiple, obviously like he's the best player in the game. What, when he's doing both Mookie Betts is, you know, a top two right fielder with Aaron judge um, or top three with Ronald Acuna jr. Involved in there. And then Freddie Freeman is, is definitely the best first baseman in the game. So like, it's not like they're just throwing money, money at anybody. They're making smart investments as well, which teams can also obviously learn from. Yeah. I mean, every single one of those contracts, I mean, I guess we won't know Otani's for, for, for a while, but Betts and Freeman's contracts look better and better every year. Oh yeah. The, the bets deal. It's, it's maybe it's one of the best out there. Like, uh, mm-hmm. The fact that he's only getting $30 million a year, you know, it was a sign of the times, you know, it was, it was, he signed it during the, during the COVID lockdown. So I think part of that had to do with it. I think if he went on the open market uh, in a time that wasn't the pandemic, I think he could have gotten 400 uh, upwards of uh, upwards near $500 million. So, you know, Dodgers definitely took advantage of that, but they, they did take advantage and, and they're, and they're reaping the benefits of it by having a guy who, finished runner up in MVP last year and having Freddie Freeman who finished put top five. Yeah. Or top, top, or top three. three. Yeah. 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 Top three. Yeah, he finished third. Yeah. I mean, it's, and Shohei Otani is going to, uh, you know, I mean, we're finally going to see him in a postseason. you know, 99% chance. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I, if it goes, I, I sure hope so. If it, if it goes like the last, uh, 11 10, years, yeah 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 11 years. years have gone yeah. it goes how the past 11 years have gone for the dodgers um then uh and then yeah if they don't make it it's probably otani's fault yeah because he doesn't really he doesn't care about winning typically i think that's mm-hmm. why they that's why the angels never got to the playoffs can yeah we, no it, we, it'll yeah. be a spectacle can we talk about the the way that this whole thing was covered because Oh man, was it was it tough to watch? Yeah, I'm I'm down for that. Yeah, I mean, so Bob Nightingale uh, wrote a column for USA Today, being like, like this free agency brought out the worst in baseball journalists, and like we should all be embarrassed with ourselves. Um, and I I read through it, and there were certain points that I was kind of waiting for him to hit on, and he did. Like he he wrote a very good insightful article. And I think it's easy for someone like Bob Nightingale to say this because he's one of the, you know, inner circle, uh, well-known, you know, baseball journalists. He's been in the game for a long time. So obviously it's, it means more coming from him than say like someone who's only been in the game for, for five or less years, you know, mm-hmm. it, it sounds very disingenuous, but you know, Shohei Otani asked to keep his free agency uh, as secretive as possible. You know, he didn't want people leaking uh where he was going who he was meeting with and there was a lot of speculation with dave roberts making some comments here and there which ultimately didn't matter and honestly like even if he didn't sign with the dodgers i don't think a lot of real people would have been like oh well dave roberts was the the only reason he didn't go to the dodgers like i don't think it was you know all he said was i will hold it against you i don't think it was going to be you're out right like there's a difference Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but oh man, it brought the takes out of people. Buster only uh, had a had a column talking about like this is bad for baseball. We should be able to 
you know, we should be making this big spectacle of it. A lot of people were comparing it to the, the LeBron James free agency from, from when he went to Miami. And I don't know, it was just so tired to, to keep watching day after day during this entire process. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and yeah, I, I, I imagine maybe Shohei Otani learned about uh, how how LeBron was viewed after the the decision and uh and probably mm-hmm. figured oh yeah that's probably a bad idea it's it's not good for my legacy because lebron from what i recall lebron was not uh celebrated for having such a no. such a such a thing like that because it and, it and i mean he's switched teams twice after that and has not done that so you know nonetheless uh yeah and whatever like it it kind of just goes into part of a little a little bit of a issue in like I don't know if it's journalism or sports journalism particularly, and we're two people that are sort of entering the field right now. Um, but feeling like you're owed people's times or athletes times or, you know, athletes word, like feeling like you're owed. That's something I have a bit of a problem with. Like, you know, I know personally, like just doing my, you know, lower level, you know, lower level entry level stuff. Um, I always, try to ask politely for interviews and I don't I've never really been like rejected but if I am rejected it's like yeah perfectly understandable I understand mm-hmm. if you don't want your words out there um uh, you know on a platform because you know it, it's not it's not your platform that you're putting it out on it's it's ours so it that so like feeling like oh this needs to be a big media thing this needs to benefit me I don't know it just it just comes off it comes off kind of selfish. Yeah, I mean, Shohei was, you know, making a life-altering decision, right? Like yeah. a, a life-altering decision that almost no one has the privilege of of being able to make. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it, it's already a lot to deal with individually, and I'm sure having other people ask about it as much as possible is also stressful, you know? Like, you and I just graduated college, Chris, so of course we got the so what are you doing after college question all the time? And it's like, no one wants to hear that question. And obviously the two aren't one-to-one, but you know, the feeling that you get hearing that question, or even like, if you're, you know, if you're a senior in high school hearing the, so what are you going to do after high school? Where are you going to college? Are you going to college questions? Like it's a lot. And you know, that's obviously another level. And of course it is, you know, people's actual jobs, but you know, there are still ways to, to do journalism without, uh, without being super invasive like that, especially when a boundary was set. And not only that, but, you know, with, you know, there's obviously so much happening behind the scenes. Now that he's, you know, now that the deal's over, now you get to do all the digging you want. Like you get to, you get to go to these teams and be like, hey, so like, did you meet with him? Like, well, you know, what was said? How did you go about it? You know, how did you ensure that it was not going to get out there? What did you offer? Like, you know, there's still a lot of, of digging to be done. And the fact that he made it so secretive allows for more stories to be told. Yeah, that, that is a good point. Like there's all that information is still like, it's not mm-hmm. like it's all going to disappear now um, into the I abyss. Mean, how, many, how many headlines are going to come out in the next, you know, one to five years from uh, non-Dodgers, you know, uh, teams beat writers being like, this team made an offer, this team met with him. Here's what happened in the meeting between Shohei Otani and the Blue Jays, the Cubs, the Giants, the Red Sox, the Yankees, right? Like those are though those headlines are gonna exist a lot over the last five years. And we're gonna hear about 
over about like several different scenarios of of he could have gone here if this meeting went like that maybe he goes here he takes this money and you know it's it's gonna, all going to be something that's going to unfold in the next few years yeah for sure for sure and you know just looking back on it you know you look at the previous off season um Pete and off seasons before that people have just gotten stuff wrong and that didn't change with the Shohei Otani sweepstakes either um you know MLB trade rumors sort of got something wrong with with Shohei Otani and I don't I don't know how much I don't know if they got it wrong they just went off of someone else's report and didn't claim for it to be their own but someone did get stuff wrong someone Um, did get stuff wrong and and like Last year, John Heyman got Aaron Judge wrong, or, or Arson Judge wrong. Yeah. Uh, he did not appear to be heading to the Giants. Um, you know, like, and I don't know how much of an effect that has on the athlete. Um, it might just make enemies that you never intended to make because, you know, you didn't go to the team that you were that you were never going to go to. So, you know, I, I understand why Otani wants to, wants to make sure things are kept secret so that things are as accurate as possible and he's never misrepresented. Yeah. Can we talk about these, like the conspiracy theories that have come out of all of it? I don't know how much you've seen, but like there's a lot of speculation online. So if you don't already know, uh, the day before Shohei Otani signed on Friday, there was a rumor that he was going to Toronto to meet with the Blue Jays. And Chris mentioned earlier the uh, the flight that people were tracking going from Anaheim to Toronto, uh, which ended up not being him, right? You know, John or John Morosi tweeted like he is en route to Toronto. Uh, the guy from Dodgers Nation said he's choosing the Blue Jays, and it turned out that the guy on that flight was uh, like one of the one of the Shark Tank like judges. I don't remember the guy's name, but it was like a Canadian businessman who was actually going from Hollywood to uh, to Toronto, and apparently. This is all speculation. I don't, I'm not going to act like I know anything, but from what I remember hearing, he's like somehow involved with Shohei Otani's agency. So like that flight was like theoretically put out like as a red herring uh, to scare the Dodgers and make them offer more money. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe. Who? Yeah, who knows? Regardless, that... my my take on that is like you can you can view it as scummy, but like that's an agent doing agent's work, right? Because this is a very special uh, occasion if you're an agent to go get the biggest sports contract of all time, and uh, you know what? That's that's what if that's what it took. If that's real, I'm not going to say it's real because I, I won't believe it until it somehow turns out to be so. That's still agent work. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, I mean, it's playing the game for sure. Um, you're dealing with big money there, so why not? Um, I'm sure it's not the shadiest thing that an agent has done or anything. Um, funny thing about Robert, uh, Robert Hershevek, the shark tank host that was going to Toronto. Um, he has dated an alumni of Nathan Hale Ray high school, um, which is the high school I went to in East Haddam, Connecticut about has about 350 students that go there per year. So, you know, the fact that he found an alum pretty <laughs> wild, um, pretty cause cool. now granted that she did make it out of East Haddam. She went to Hollywood for acting. So that's most of the reason why, but very funny. Um, but anyway, back to baseball. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, what, yeah. What are the, what are the other angles to, to, to approach with, with this thing? Cause it was, it was a whole spectacle. 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like we should just talk about like kind of what this means for Shohei Otani in general. You know, I mean, we've we've talked about how he'll he'll ideally go to the playoffs next year, but like, you know, there will be more eyes on him naturally um, because he's going to be, you know, in in a much in a bigger market, even though he's kind of in the same market, right? But like, you know, he's going to have more eyes on him. Um, I also feel like the Dodgers will kind of let him sh- let his personality shine a lot more you know like red sox fans watch mookie Betts go to la and then become an entirely different person right like he has his own podcast now he's one of the most uh, like he's he's going to the world series as like a representative for the players like the dodgers let him do whatever he wanted with his personality and the angels are like one of the most preserved like reserved franchises for for making their players do media like you know it's it's what people have said about mike trout for years and you know, Shohei obviously is very different because, like, I don't know how, how much English he speaks, if if much at all. But, like, you know, I feel like over time we're going to see him become a lot more comfortable there. And we're going to see a very different Shohei Otani personally. Yeah, for sure. And I think part of that ha- naturally happens when you have your, lo- you, your long-term fit, both financially and just mm-hmm. you're there for 10 years. Like, I don't know. To- might be a note i don't know if there's a no trade clause or anything but he's probably not going to be traded from the dodgers so like he's he knows he's going to be there for a while so there's there's that commitment element to it um and yeah regarding also what this means for shohei i i think there might be uh, there's like a little bit of an answer and i don't know how accurate the answer is but a little bit of an answer to like how valuable is shohei otani because we talk about it every mvp round you know Mm -hmm. like was you know obviously he was the most valuable player of of 2023 and 2022 or, or 2021 rather um but like there was a big debate in 2022 some people were overwhelmingly on Shohei Otani's side saying that was you know he was way more valuable than Aaron Judge that year but like i think when mvp rounds come up maybe there's a thing of like well he's doing what he normally does and what what he normally does is valued at 70 million dollars a year so yeah. So there, there, that, there it is. There is that element to it. So, you know, financially, he's obviously the most valuable player. Um, when he does, when he's when he does both hitting and pitching, he is the most valuable player typically, unless someone has a, a two eleven OPS plus and and steals sixteen bases and plays very good defense. Um, but yeah, I think that I think that adds a, another element into like the argue the 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 argument of of seeing how exactly how valuable Shohei Otani is because sometimes wins above replacement doesn't answer that sometimes you know the numbers don't answer that but you know the market just answered that a little bit Mm -hmm. no it absolutely did yeah I mean it's it's good that like you know all the big questions we had about Shohei about like how do you value this and how do you evaluate something like this I feel like those are almost past us now and now you know the questions with Shohei Otani become like, okay, how does he perform on the, the big stage is, you know, how does he perform in the playoffs? And I mean, I feel like we saw it in the world baseball classic already, right? Like, I mean, Japan pretty much treated that like the world series. Some would even say like, it's bigger than the world series, uh, at least for Japan, clearly. I mean, I feel like all those players would have taken the WBC over like the NPB championship. Right. Um, yeah. And he was the tournament MVP. And, you know, he he performed well in every round. Uh, of course, he famously, you know, came out of the bullpen in the championship game. Uh, and, I mean, 
we get to see that now at the more local, uh, just MLB level, you know, whenever he does get to the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and I mean, I it's cool to see. One thing that, like, you don't really see often in baseball is, like, other athletes coming out to, like, shine a light on baseball players. Like, a lot of... Uh, a lot of guys from other sports like came out to talk about this signing like Patrick Mahomes like was like mind blown over his contract JJ Watt like retweet like uh responded being like you got to start learning pass rush moves because clearly you can make be making twice as much um like Kevin Durant commented on his on his post with like a hype emoji like with the hands up this thing right uh yeah 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 i think i I think that's part of the reason why I say like, this is just why we both say this is good for baseball mm-hmm. is like, I mean, I remember even when, you know, Trout or like uh Harper Machado contracts were coming out. There were, there were like athletes that were commenting like, wow, gotta learn baseball. Like this is, this is a, obviously a lucrative sport. And it mm-hmm. does remind you, like if a guy is getting paid $70 million a year, this sport is not dying. It's not going yeah, away anytime no. soon. People no. are watching people. People are buying tickets every day to watch this game. People mm-hmm. are getting, you know, their MLB TV packages and their cable packages in order to watch this game. Otherwise, otherwise, there would not be a team that thought it was a good idea to spend $70 million a year on a player. Um, I also think so, this is, yeah. I also just think it's so great that like baseball has something that no other sport can say it has, right? Like there's nothing in basketball specifically. I don't think there's an equivalent to this. Like how like like maybe like Hall of Fame coach plus Hall of Fame player that's the the closest thing I can think of in football it's like you know what if Patrick Mahomes was like also an All Star you know cornerback or a Pro Bowl quarterback cornerback yeah uh, in hockey it's maybe like yeah in hockey it can't really be anything unless it was like a guy that played goalie but then also from time to time played you know played offense right yeah exactly but even then it's like you can't do those at the same time you have to pick one or the other. And Shohei does both in the same game at times. Like this is baseball has something that you can't explain really in any other sports terms except for maybe football. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's, but even it's... then, I feel like it would be kind of frowned upon in football because there's so much speculation with, you know, health and like, you know, player safety. And it's like, oh, do you really want to be putting someone out there for the entire game? Probably not. Yeah, no, you, it would it would be impossible. You can't have. And if they get hurt, that's a PR nightmare. Yeah, you can't have the NFL hurts going out there playing middle linebacker, trying to yeah. tackle guys mm-hmm. after after get after taking a big hit near the sideline. Well, after scrambling, like it's just not gonna it's just not gonna be able to happen physically. Yeah. Um, not only that, but I mean, I think this is going to, uh, it's gonna bring a youth movement movement back to the back to baseball, right? Like people are gonna watch Shohei Otani doing both, and then making their own attempts to do both. You know, I mean, I as someone who who covered, you know, some college baseball this summer, like I can tell you it's already happening in, in college baseball. Like it's not unusual that, you know, there are guys that come into college and are able to be a pitcher and a hitter. But every now and then you're seeing guys that are capable of doing both. You know, I, I recently did a mock draft uh, for the 2024 MLB draft and two of my top top like 13 picks uh, are two way players that like are capable of doing both. To, to success in college and three i think three of my top 30 picks were college guys that are, are two-way players like you're gonna start seeing it it's never gonna be to shohei otani's level at least for a very long time but like 
this is going to start a movement. Yeah, because it, I mean, it definitely, it already proves to be, you know, a valuable, um, a valuable option, but it's also a lucrative option just mm-hmm. financially. If you can, yeah, you know, the guy, the guy who's doing it just made is just got seven hundred million dollars. Um, so yeah, like, uh, I forgot the, I forgot the point I was going to say, but, um, but yeah, it, and oh god, mm-hmm. I lost it. God. All right. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like, you know, anecdotally, like, this is going to accelerate that process of of Shohei Otani becoming, uh, this you know this public figure, so to speak. He obviously has already been so. I mean, he has six million followers, and he hasn't played a game for the Dodgers yet. But like, any any sort of you know, everything is going to be accelerated with him going to the Dodgers, basically. Yeah, the point I was gonna make was uh. It's also just, yeah, I think you've you've kind of prefaced this before in the episode, but it's lucrative for a team. Like the amount of Otani jerseys that are going to be sold, it's mm-hmm. it's going to be the highest selling jersey this year, most likely. Um, and, you know, like I imagine, you know, when he comes back to the to the mound, tickets are, are going to be hot for the Otani for the Otani days when he's pitching. Have because... you seen have you seen the the tickets of, or the prices of Dodgers tickets like and how much they've gone up in the last few days? I have not. No. I think the, I think the cheapest ticket available on opening day at Dodger Stadium is like $350. Yeah, it's crazy. Like So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I mean do- Dodger dogs are going to be a million dollars unfortunately, but I mean <laughs> any any team yeah, any team is gonna is gonna benefit that. You're gonna see some of that seven hundred million dollars coming back to you in jersey sales, ticket sales, uh, cable subscriptions. Like I'm I'm sure there's definitely some people out there who weren't gonna watch the Dodgers in LA, but now that the yep now that the best player and most unique player in baseball has come to their team, you know now they're now they're gonna watch. Um, which is a a very cool thing, cool thing to happen. And that would have happened with any fan base if you went mm-hmm. to the cardinals or the cubs or the blue jays there are just going to be more people watching that team um particularly because i also i imagine i I've, i don't know personally but i feel like it might be a situation where some people might just root for shohei otani and not necessarily a team um, how many people do you think do that with the angels over the last six years exactly yeah so i, I feel like that that whole thing will happen because he's he's just that special um yeah uh Anything anything more to add? Um, I mean, are we done talking about the Shohei aspect of it? Because I feel like we should eulogize the Angels. Um, yeah, we could we could go ahead and do that for sure. Yeah. Um it's very weird. Like it's very weird to think that the Angels are just gonna come back and start playing again next year. Like it almost feels like this is like the true death of a franchise. Like the way that we're supposed to be feeling about the Oakland A's right now is like kind of how I feel about the angels, which is weird because, you know, Mike Trout's playing baseball next year. Right. Like, you know, I'm going to put down a player to watch for the angels next year. And I'm going to try to commit to watching them when I can, because that's what I do every year with every team. Uh, But like everything that people said about them over the last four or five years, you know, it manifested the way everyone predicted it would. And, um, it's a real shame that Artie Moreno uh, decommitted to selling the team because, you know, this could have, this was preventable, you know, the, like 
one thing that I think people learn with free agency is that extensions are cheaper. You know, like if if Shohei didn't know that seven hundred million dollars was going to be on the table, he probably would have taken a five hundred million dollar deal from the Angels, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. like the the good example was you know Xander Bogarts last season, right? Like the Red Sox you know, didn't really feel like making a big effort to extend him. And instead they were like, all right, we'll try our luck in free agency. And then the Padres offered, you know, $280 million, which was an offer that you can't even blame the Red Sox for for not trying to match. In this case, you know, I don't think any Angels fans are being like, really, you couldn't match $700 million. But the point is, no, you could have gotten him for cheaper if you if there was more of an effort made. Yeah. Um, especially, like, and they even kind of had an opportunity to do so at maybe a cheaper cost. Imagine, you know, and we'll never know what happens, but, you know, it feels like they could have capitalized on uh, on several moments throughout throughout this process, uh, and they just never, you know, it just never happened. Yeah, because, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, but they they knew what what he was, and they knew what he looked like in 2021, two years before free agency was about to hit, so ever since pretty much ever since he won that first MVP, there was always anticipation of what that free agency was going to look like, but yeah, angels could have gotten in the way and we don't know for sure. Like how, what Otani's mindset was or what Otani's agency's mindset was, because, you know, I think, you know, they, I think all parties sort of knew what the potential was with free agency. If he was able to keep up that performance, which he ended up doing and, and now, and now look at him and now, you know, potentially, 200 300 million dollars richer because of that um than he would have been so um so yeah it, it you wonder what the aspects of it you, you know i'm sure more reports are going to come out from an angel's perspective um about what that all looked like um but i guess organizationally um keeping him around it would have been good it, you know it would have it would have helped the team out tremendously but they we we already know what the team looks like with him it was, you know, not a, they, they never went to the postseason and that wasn't to the fault of Otani, obviously. So and they never even had a winning record, never even had a winning record. So, uh, you know, I get it's, it's time to rebuild and it's time for just an organizational teardown in, in some sense. It, it should be. Um, Mike Trout is a hundred percent staying according to, uh, according to Artie Moreno. Um, and so be it, you know, that it, that is what it is at this point. Um, but, you know, it's it's going to be very weird to see them. You know, they're going to come into spring training next year. Uh, and, like, there's going to be a narrative around the team, you know? Like, Mike Trout is going to be asked the same question in spring training on opening day on, on June 14th, on September 21st, when they're mathematically eliminated. It's going to be, you know... How is this? How is this gonna? How is Shohei's absence gonna affect this season? How is Shohei's absence affecting this season? How did Shohei's absence affect this season? Right, that's gonna be that's gonna be what people care about with the Angels this year, um, whether they like it or not. And you know, I mean, I feel like it's warranted towards Artie Moreno because uh, he's one of the most hands-on owners in baseball, and you know, I mean, he hires people to. Uh, to actually oversee baseball operations, but then he kind of tries to do their jobs for them. And uh, this is the result of that. Right, right. And, and uh, you know, there there's speculation about why Shohei chose, you know, um, the team he chose. And obviously I imagine that 
the Dodgers made the highest offer. It would be funny though if there was a report saying that the Blue Jays offered like eight hundred million dollars. But yeah, nonetheless, um, you know, probably the highest offer. But I think there was a value for Otani and being on a winning team. He's obviously uh, a you know a big competitor. He obviously has a high standard for himself, um, as just exemplified by his play. Um, so I think he would have a high standard for the team he was he was going to go to in free agency. Uh, so I wonder if maybe when extension talks, if if any extension talks were had, that maybe he had held that a little bit against the Angels because he he was with the Angels, he was he was succeeding with the Angels, but the Angels weren't succeeding with him. So maybe that was held against the Angels a little bit and why he wasn't, you know, as open to maybe extending with the team or talking to them in free agency. And obviously the Angels weren't ever like in the ballpark in free agency, but nonetheless, like I think Otani partially just wanted to wanted to be out there and win. And he's probably going to be winning for the next 10 years now. Yeah. Uh, one of the reports that came out said that Shohei in the meetings with all the teams that he met with asked about their farm system and how they're, you know, investing in the futures of their franchises outside of of him. And how do the Angels answer to that? You know, I mean, they've had they've had years to answer for it, and they just haven't, you know, actually done it physically. How are you supposed to be like, no, no, no? I understand that these last six years have been bad, but the next ten, you got to trust us. This is when it's going to happen, right? Because they already have one of the worst farm systems in baseball. They traded away the few talented prospects they had uh, for Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez, and that didn't work out. You know, how do you how you know, how are the Angels supposed to answer to to that question, especially in comparison to how the Dodgers probably answered it with one of the top farm systems in the league? Yeah, it it's it's hilarious to look at it, seeing that the Angels, um, who haven't been really close to the playoffs uh in the past. They've also never been bad enough to like rebuild, weirdly <laughs> yeah, enough. Because like if you look at if you go on fan graphs right now. And you look at their projected lineup on opening day, like you can talk yourself into it if you really try hard enough. You really can. Yeah, maybe. Like um, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just. Well, I, like, I know, I know you, I know you definitely can. But like, just hear me <laughs> out though. Like Luis Renjifo leadoff. Okay, that's probably the worst bat in the lineup, ironically. Although he's hitting leadoff. Mike Trout goes without saying, right? Brandon Drury did very well last year. Taylor Ward. Remember 2022, Anthony Rendon. Okay, I think I think we're out on him, but you know the potential was always there. Mickey Moniak probably won't perform the way he did last year, but you know he could be a good enough bat in that lineup. Logan Ohapi looked very good in the few games he played last year. Nolan Shanoel had a 402 OBP just getting into professional baseball. Zach Neto uh, looked all right last year. Like it's it's enough to where I think people will be delusional enough to to throw their hat in because I was for three, four years. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, there's, there's definitely like, I could definitely see some guys succeeding in there, but, but you're taking, it's a numbers game. Like it is, you know, three of them will do pretty well. And then like maybe the rest will, will not perform to their ceiling. Um, But regardless, like, Looking at the Angels, it's just funny to think about them and the Dodgers. Like the Angels haven't really gotten close to the playoffs the past few years and mm-hmm. are sitting in a, in a position where, you know, they're probably projected to win, I don't know, 65 at most, maybe 70 games next year. But, and they have 
what Fangraphs has as the worst farm system in baseball. Meanwhile, the Dodgers have made the playoffs uh, 11 years in a row now, haven't really had any high draft picks since uh, like 05, 06 or something like that. Um, and they have the sixth highest ranked uh, farm system in baseball while also having like they've they've traded for Mookie Betts before. Like they've traded prospect capital. I for guess that. I guess to be fair, like all of the guys that would be top prospects in the Angels system are just already in the major leagues. That is like, true. So like, like most teams would have Zach Neto in their farm system, but the Angels already called him up. You know, I think yeah. Nolan Shanoel is still a rookie because I don't know if he he uh, surpassed the number of plate appearances. But like, that I guess that has something to do with it as well. But yeah, I feel like it kind of does go to show, you know, what what it's like to play in their minor league system if they rush all their prospects the way that they do. Yeah, normal organization. Like, I feel like. Reed Detmers would have made his debut like late 2022 or even last year for most organizations. Um, but, but yeah, you know, there, I know, I know the article is like over three years old now, but there was a big article or maybe two years old now. June Lee, um, right. Uh, June Lee. Yeah. I think, um, about just, I think it was about general poor, um, minor league, uh, treatment, but the angels were the, you know, big example that they pointed to. They were singled out. They were singled out for sure. And, you know, it's reflected. It's reflected in not only their, you know, prospect rankings, but their major league performance because it obviously carries over. Yeah, I mean, and also like with the Dodgers, you talk about, you know, smart investing, right? And then, you know, they make the right moves and they make the moves when they need to. Go back and look at all the Angels free agent signings over the last five years, right? Like, and you you can even go beyond that. How much money did they give combined to like Albert Pujols, Justin Upton, Anthony Rendon, uh, and every you know like, and how, yeah, and what did that give them? Yeah, that's like five hundred million alone. Um, yeah, bet- between all of them, yeah, it it is it is pretty. I feel like I'm missing another one too. Tyler Anderson wasn't a good one last year. Right. Yeah. Ex- exactly. Um. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm trying to. I'm. I have names going through my head as well. Um, I f- I feel like there's there have just been some pitchers that have flopped, but I'm not thinking mm-hmm. in the correct uh, in the correct line. But nonetheless, yeah, like it's not like they are super cheap and are on like a raise Guardians Athletics level of spending. It's oh, just Josh Ham- Josh Hamilton too. Yeah. Okay. That's, That's the one I was one. thinking of. A little further back. But yeah, it's it's not like they they're on a an extreme low level of of uh, payroll. It's just it's not really always going to the right people. Yep. Um. So yeah, the, the Angels. We've we've talked extensively about them, but it it's just it's you know it's the cherry on top here, and it and it does seeing Shohei not on that roster now officially it just really puts an exclamation mark on, on some of the failures that they've had. Unfortunately, not something we really wanted to see, but it, it didn't, it did indeed happen. Um, So yeah. Any, any more, any more things to talk about here? I don't know. I feel like that's, that's most of the angles I wanted to cover. Yeah. I can't, I can't think of anything else. Yeah. I mean, not many players you can talk about for upwards of, I don't know, it's probably been 40 to 50 minutes here. Yeah. Um, 
not many players you can do that with, but you know, as cliched as it is, he's, he's that guy. I, I was looking it up before the show over the last three years, better OPS plus than Juan Soto, better ERA plus than Max Scherzer. Um, and you know, that's including Max Scherzer's 2021 and 2022, where he was an elite pitcher, uh, those years, you know, second, second best ERA plus out of, uh, out of 57, um, and fourth best or yeah, I think fourth best OPS plus out of 226. That's, that's who we're talking about here. That's why he got $700 million. Um, it's why he's won two of the last three MVPs and is likely to win a few more, um, when he does get back to pitching and, even you know it says we even have to wait he could win it as a position player outright yeah he had yeah, the, he, he had the he had like the fourth highest position player f4 last year as a dh as a dh who ended his season a month early yeah exactly yeah um yeah had a 186 ops plus or something like that um it was in it was in the 180s for sure like that's mm-hmm. crazy that's that's unbelievable so that's who we're talking about. Happy, happy for the guy. Happy for baseball. It's good for baseball. And uh, yeah, we hope you enjoyed this one. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and want to watch the conversation as it happens, go to the YouTube channel where we uh, have a lot of digital content. We have playlists. We have guest interviews, um, all you know, chronological order. We have the baseball history series that we did back in 2020 and 2021. Uh, go check all that out. And we have a uh, a playlist of bubble cases, which I think five or six of those players are still um, on the ballot. So, you know, check out why we think, you know, all the all the angles of Billy Wagner's Hall of Fame case, Todd Helton's Hall of Fame case, Andrew Jones's um, Bobby you know, Abreu's Bobby Abreu's check out all that. Uh, we did those back in the winter of 20 between uh, 20 to 21 uh, was was that ballot. Uh, so check out that on the YouTube channel. It is called Above Replacement Radio. Follow us on social media. Follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Curran. And follow I the realized, show. Uh, I realized we also did an Omar Vizquel one that you're going to want to watch. Oh, yeah. That was that was the one we probably had the most fun with. Yes. Um, <laughs> that was <laughs> that was a good time. That's when we were introduced to Rabbit Marinville. Yep. Um, <laughs> shout, out to, shout out to the Hall of Famer. Rabbit Marinville. Yeah. Noted Springfield Mass alum. Noted. Noted indeed. Her native. Um, and uh yeah, follow the show Instagram at above placement radio for all the show needs. We hope you enjoyed this one and we hope to see you next time where we are hopefully talking more free agent deals. Um, we will see you then. This conversation. This conversation is over. Is over. <laughs>